remember a great speech by uh, by John back then in between periods and uh, he didn't say anything about you know fighting but uh, um, Riku went out went in, uh, and fought uh, Robin Leonard yeah, that's right. which is a <laughs> monster uh, Jared Nightingale was in there and fighting a couple of guys I fought like Rocky or something so um, that just you know and, and somehow you know we started scoring goals obviously it was their backup I'm not not sure who it was but uh, uh, it was definitely something uh, a night to remember and if you have a chance like I me and uh, Brian Garlick who was there back then he's the video coach in Tampa we watched the replay just recently when I was in Tampa and we just had a, a good laugh about it hi there welcome to the show I'm Lucas Favalli this is Crunch Chronicles episode 24 of the show here this week we are so grateful that you're along for the ride once again as we welcome in number 24 for the Syracuse Crunch he spent three seasons in Syracuse and wore number 24 during his playing days with the Crunch now he's back with the Tampa Bay Lightning organization as the director of player development of course we're talking about J.P. Cote one of the wonderful people the Crunch have had in their time in now 28 seasons of Crunch hockey one of the very best people the Crunch have ever had in the organization he's just such a great person to work with to deal with to to talk to whatever it might be he's always got uh, that positive uh, mindset that he has brought as a player as a leader for the crunch and now as the director of player development for the tampa bay lightning jp cote like we said spent three seasons starting with the first season of the lightning affiliation back in 2012 he played here from 2012 2013 through the 2014 2015 seasons 181 games played for the Crunch in his time with the organization. He was very much a defensive defenseman, only 41 points in his 181 games with the Crunch. But again, he was not out there to produce points for Syracuse. He was there as a just a reliable, steady defenseman. And boy, was he ever in his couple of seasons with the Crunch. Seven goals, 34 points, also 312 penalty minutes for J.P. Cote during his time with the Crunch. He uh, was an alternate captain with the Crunch in his couple of seasons. Actually got up to the NHL, back into the NHL for the first time in so long in his second season in Syracuse, the 2013-2014 season. He played 33 games with the Crunch that year. Also played 19 with the Tampa Bay Lightning. It was his first NHL experience since 2005-2006. So a wonderful story, not only for the crunch, but of the Lightning organization in the early days of the affiliation in Syracuse. He was obviously a part of that team that went to the Calder Cup Finals in 2013, played in all 18 playoff games for the crunch that season and had six points along the way. Just such a great presence, though, as we said, on the crunch blue line, a great player on the ice, off the ice, in the community in Syracuse. And it's a place here in Syracuse that meant a lot to J.P. Cote. And we get to that and a whole lot more with our guest on episode 24 of Crunch Chronicles. It's J.P. Cote. Well, just to start with, I basically begged you to get me on the podcast. I mean, I see all these names that I played with and all. So so thanks for having me. That's a I know, I know you didn't want to, but I'm glad that uh, that I, that I'm here. We were desperate. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So we're in in Laval. I mean, uh, my job with the organization is to uh, uh, to stay close to the prospects. Obviously, my uh, my priorities 
are you know the prospects outside of the system the guys playing junior the guys playing in the NCAA um, I'm trying to uh, show them what being a bolt is all about what uh, what they are getting themselves into walking into Syracuse uh, preparing them and obviously trying to give him all the tools to be the best prospect they can. And I, I truly, you know, I take a lot of pride into uh, doing that because I truly believe in the organization. I think, uh, you know, we're, there's a, a lot of good, you know, guys that went through it and whether they kept going with the organization to the NHL or they went somewhere else, they, uh, they participated into, you know, the life of, of the of the crunch of the you know the Syracuse crunch and the Tampa Bay Lightning so um, so yeah no this is uh, this is very an honor for me to be, to be in that position and uh, obviously all the time I can uh, spend in Syracuse with the coaches with the players um, at every level that's what's fun with this job too I get to learn from management from uh, obviously the coaches and you know I've been a player and I, it's it's good to uh, to stay close to these guys yeah it's what your third year I think in this role now it's hard to keep track with especially how the years have gone the last couple of years. But uh, before that, you were you had branched out to be a scout for a year with uh, San Jose, right? But, Correct. Uh, now back in, in this organization and, and uh, involved again. How much, I mean, how much fun are you having? How much you enjoy uh, being involved and, and having, you know, a hands-on role with, with, as you said, the prospects coming through? It's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of fun. I and nobody gave me a blueprint of, you know, what should I do? Obviously, Stacy Roos has been a good mentor for me. Um, but uh, I really uh, get involved emotionally. Like even, you know, like I was that kind of player too. Like I was all in. And whether, uh, I don't know, the... The Kitchener Rangers, where you know, like uh, Roman Schmidt plays, are in the playoff, or you know, like any of our prospects are, you know, involved in any games or any championship. I really do, you know, root for them hard, and yeah. and it's good. I think those, you know, they're good exchanges to have, and um, and obviously, you know, the Tampa and Syracuse. Uh, this is my adrenaline. Like I, I, you know, I need that kind of uh, drive, and this is where I get it uh, for sure. So I'm, I'm having a lot of fun, and like I said, I take a lot of pride into uh, directing those guys towards. You know, I've myself got better at showing movements and things like that on the field, but we have such good, um, such such good uh, coaches, like skating coaches, uh, skills coaches, things like that, like mental. Um, mental part the movement everything so you know like it's it's those are all people that are fun to work with and i'm glad to to help the kids getting to know them i'm curious like what i know no week no day is the same for you because you are bouncing around everywhere but what's kind of you know the process you go through in in a week where maybe you're here in a city for a day or two then you bounce you're in syracuse for a day or two like what what's a week like for you as you uh you know Get your hands involved with all of all the players around the organization. Well, first of all, it's a lot of communication with uh, you know. There's 60 different teams in the CHL. Like I've I got to know probably uh, like 10, 12 of them already. You know, with only the three first years. So you get you get a plan ahead. You know, like uh, either I or another of our. Uh, specialist is going you know this week and 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 it's fun getting there too and you already have a conversation or uh, with with the coaches something established and uh, sitting down talking hockey um, this this is what you know like you don't see that as a scout like you said I was a scout for a year but it's more of you know like your you know 
behind not behind the scene but you're not talking to a lot of yeah. people so uh being on the field with those guys you know uh the coaches in the chl let us work with them obviously it's, it's good for them it's good for us and uh and and that's one part of it but also you know it's a little different with the uh the college kids where you know uh, i always try to uh, get in touch with like the coaches that are closest to the players organizing zoom call maybe with uh, either like mike ellis barb underhill tracy tutin people that can help them because it's hard you can't have that proximity beside you know the death camp in the summer so uh we're trying to help them as much as we can but so that's you know it, it's a lot of planning ahead a lot of like uh and, and then and then also you you know like it's it's booking it's like whatever whether it's flight hotel cars things like that so um i, I look a lot of at my schedule but uh the the fun part of it is just you know like going out there being on the field uh talking to the guys knowing you know like go to dinner knowing you know you made a bit of a difference like because they're all usually we have a pretty good uh scouting team and they they draft knowing that our development staff will you know be involved in in these guys lives so it's uh you know kudos to the organization to to, to have this this kind of uh, link in between each other uh, a very busy schedule for you of course and and this year uh, before we shift our focus to you know your time with the crunch you, you'd unexpectedly ended up on the bench for the Tampa Bay Lightning there. It was uh, the, the COVID situation the Lightning were going through uh, about a, what, a month ago or so. Uh, what was that like? How, you know, what was the experience like for you there? To be honest, this, yeah, even thinking about it, it's almost a little bit surreal. Like I didn't, you know, I, I didn't ask for yeah. it or anything like that. And, um, and obviously knowing these uh, coaches over there, like for them, it was like an, an easy, uh, an easy out, you know, an easy option for for them to have me over there. Be, since I, you know, I spent whatever like two months and a half, three months uh, taking care of the Black Aces last year, so I was uh, around the environment. I think that's what they were looking for, and um, and I, you know, I w probably wasn't ready for that. But little by little, I got, you know, I, I actually. After three, four shifts, I kind of looked at the game <laughs> instead of, you know, who's next uh, from the other team. But uh, uh, Coop wasn't there. Rob Zeller wasn't there. Um, Newsy was great, great with me, Derek Lalonde. And, uh, and obviously, uh, uh, it, was, it was an unreal experience. I got to uh, be there for four games. And uh, no, it, it definitely, uh, I'm glad that I get these kinds of experience because I'm learning a ton of things with, you know, the coaches here in, in Syracuse, which are, you know, very good coaches, totally different than the one up in the NHL, which I'm learning a lot from too. So it's a, I think it's a position where, you know, like I said earlier, like I'm at every level and it's, it's fun to learn through all of this. Now that you've experienced the on on the bench side of things, and you're obviously on the ice, like you said, and you do a bunch of other things, is that something that maybe you're curious and, and interested in maybe pursuing down the line, or do you like where you're at right now with with the the development side of things? It would be. I mean, I'm absolutely happy with where I'm, I am right now, and you know, like as far as uh, looking forward in the future, if I can be better at what I'm doing now in 10 years, then, you know, it's a, it's a win. Like I, I, I really, truly, like I hopefully expressed it earlier. Um, I really like what I'm doing. Um, the coach part of it. I mean, it, there, there's something there that you're even a little more involved. Like you're putting yourself out there. Like you depends on W's and L's and, and it's like, there's uh 
and you got to sell your stuff like you get there's more i being around these guys like ben and john and you you can you can tell like there's uh there's there's a level it's another level which i kind of like you know like sometimes if you want to challenge yourself but uh you know i i definitely i would i would have to uh probably you know make my way through all of this you know like i i need experience obviously right, right, right. um but who knows like I'm, i'm open to everything obviously but this is uh this is definitely uh was, this was fun for sure J.P. Cote is our guest here on Crunch Chronicles as we uh, chat with him here in Laval. It's a wonderful opportunity to get caught up with J.P. And we now shift to your playing days in Syracuse, of course, where you, you helped usher in the Lightning affiliation back in uh, 2012. A wonderful run uh, throughout the course of now in its 10th season. It's been a, a great run. I'll stop you right there. Okay. I I'm shi- I, I'm shining more in my in my after career. So I thought <laughs> I didn't know we were going to talk about my career. Oh, we're we're talking hockey. You were talking your playing days now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, and you know, everyone loved you when you were a player. Of course, uh, the fans, the the staff, and you were such a big part, as we said, of that group that you know ushered in the Lightning affiliation. Before we dive into the years specifically, just a you know broad stroke on 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 your time as a player in Syracuse. You know, what what was your experience like? Um, I loved every minute of it. I mean, uh, they welcomed us, you know, very well the first year. I think our goal was to get in the community a little more. Like, uh, I remember having discussion with Jim and with, uh, you know, our leadership group at that time, Angelides, Nielsen, um, which, uh, you know, they really wanted to, uh, to get it, to have a new approach and really get closer to the, the crowd. I remember after games, you know, like, having lineups of, of, of kids just, you know, and pretty much the whole team would go through the go through the line, make sure, you know, everybody was happy leaving with their signature. And um, and and I believe that I truly I believe that was the approach. Um, and myself, like on the personal level, like I lived downtown the three years I was there. Um, I, you know, I love the local businesses like the even, you know, I got one of my best buddy was my postman you know back yeah for for all those years and so i i you know i i kind of grew up a little bit you know in syracuse and and it's a bit of a home away from home going back now you know with you know for the last three years um and the most important thing is my uh, my my oldest son is born in uh, at Crowell's hospital so uh it was fun even last year i brought i brought the family at the end of the year uh the end of the bubble before we went to tampa And uh, I was able to show him, you know, he, he was able to skate on the ice and I showed him, you know, where, where he's, he was born because he, he gets it now, right? Yeah. Uh, he just turned seven. Um, so a lot, of, uh, a lot of good memories, that's for sure. And, um, and I, yeah, I, I don't know if I can... I can say enough about Syracuse. Yeah, there, I mean, there's no doubt the connection of the compu- community made that first year has has continued. And I think you're right. The one one of the big things missing this year is that I guess that connection because of just the COVID protocols this year where we can't. But I know uh, everyone is eager to get that going again, whether it's at some point this year or next year for sure, um, just to have that connection. But you mentioned that leadership group and how important it was. And, and it was a team coming off of a championship in Norfolk. Of course, you were part of that in 2012. And then shifting, in, you know, the affiliation moving to Syracuse. What was, you know, you mentioned the approach a little bit there, but you know, what was the adjustment needed as your whole team basically moved from one city to another? Um, yeah, and not only, I mean, we were pretty strong, you know, and I believe, or we're playing for over 800 
halfway through the season. Um, and there was some changes, you know, Coop went up, uh, we changed the goalie. Um, you know, like we, and I believe that we adjusted to most, most of it. And it, I mean, we did lose game six of the Calder Cup finals, but it, you know, we could have win. And it was pretty, like it was a smooth ride for the most part, I guess, you know, this season was, uh, was pretty amazing. We even, I think, uh, I don't know. I mean, we win, we won, but like the first six, seven, eight games, I think, of those playoffs. Yeah, we, yeah, swept the first two just, rounds. Right. Yeah, yeah. We just walked through uh, two teams and then faced some adversity with uh, a lot of injuries. I believe Gudas. I yeah. believe uh, there's a like those were important uh, pieces, and um, and you know, yeah, we f we fell short, and it's weird how you know, like the, I I remember it, but it's like you know, like my it's like my brain is. Uh, is, is hiding some, some stuff because like, <laughs> because uh, I, I remember the whole run you know like uh, when we won it but I, it's it's almost like I want to forget but uh, yeah I should watch I should watch the highlight uh, of the last few games <laughs> well uh, you know there it's funny there's a couple of players on this crunch team now who are there uh, back in 2012 2013 PC back in the organization now Andre Schuster who joined that team very late in that season I still don't know if I've ever heard the building as loud as when he tied game six in the third period of that Calder Cup finals uh, with a with a goal to make it two to two um, but it, it's got to be fun from your perspective is just to to see especially a guy like PC Labrie who was already been around for a long time at that point and was such a big part of that leadership group then and now to see him you know almost a decade later still playing well on the ice still a big part of now this leadership group this year no it says a lot about uh pc's determination um and we're pretty close we you know all these years he's been training in quebec city uh just before i retired we trained together i brought him into my gym um and you know like even in the summer we'll be you know skating with each other and i'll like right now in the last four years i'm more of a you know a coaching presence uh in the summer or uh as opposed to a player even though you know i think i can probably can i can probably squeeze uh, six seven minutes out of, out of an AHL game but that's that's left to be proven um but to see pc uh you know and i'm close to him so i know what type of uh of player he is, I know what type of impact he would have on this team, and he accepts his role, and he, um, you know, he's, he's just uh, he's a very positive, uh, and he's a stress release, I think, for a lot of guys, and he's he's been doing a really good job on the ice, doing his job, you know, um, making guys a little more comfortable. Um, I think it's a bit, it's a it's a really good ad for uh, for our club, uh, you know, past the, you know. He's a good friend, but he's yeah. also like I can I can see that he's uh, he's helping the team, so that's good. How how much you know going back to your your days as a player? I know uh, one of the key you know phrases was that family type feel among the team. That's what John Cooper had instilled. Mike Angelides as the captain had kind of instilled that as well. And and you had a guy like PC Labrie this year, and, and and this is already a tight team. But I you know that's he comes from that that background of being just a he's such a lovable guy. I, I think everyone on the team adored him as soon. As he walked into the building, uh, how important is it, whether it's PC Liberty or anyone, to have that that family feel like you guys had back in you know 2011, 12 in Norfolk, and then your first couple of years in Syracuse? Um, if you you know you, most of the guys they come to a new environment, uh, it's a team sometimes that's you know like 
is to get already one new guys coming in. Like there's a lot of moving parts in pro hockey. You know, like I kept in touch with like a lot of guys. Like I lost track with some guys. Now what I mean is that you know you come to a, a new environment and my uh, my priorities and you know I shared that with our leadership group back then is to allow anybody in the team to be the best person they can be. So, you know, like you just give this person some room, like what what's their personality, you know, like if they're introverted, like you just try to get something out of it or you accept it and you, you know, you, you find some spin on like whatever, like there's some darker people, there's some lighter people. And um, and I, I very, I believe that, uh, that allowed, you know, like everybody to, you know, feel, have that family feel like you talked about. And, uh, and to me, I think that's, uh, if I had to put my finger on something, I, th I think that'd be it. Yeah, it's a, such a great group of guys to be around for sure. The Crunch had such a successful season. Uh, you know, besides this, the playoff run in that first year, is there anything that, you know, kind of sticks out to you? Um, a, you know, a moment on the ice, off the ice, uh, just uh, that whole team. What's, you know, when you think back about that year, what, what sticks out to you? Well, I remember just getting there and uh, every time, like the first couple of weeks, maybe three, five, three, four, five of us would just go and hang out maybe at either a bar or a restaurant. And then you, you had like those like those chat, chat app that, you know, like we're at, we're at this place for uh, 30, 40 minutes. And the next thing you know, there's like 22 guys. So like that's that's rare. Like you would like the, the guys just like were like, craving to hang out with each other um and i've never seen that in hockey and i you know like times are changing but uh i think that's something that uh, that was special about uh, about this team uh it's the first thing that come to mind but obviously like the friendship and the um this was the year uh, so 2012 2013 was if there's one game that stands out is the not the massacre, but the, <laughs> the game in uh, Binghamton. Where I was just going to say. I think we talked about it earlier this year. This year, it was a 5-0 game after two periods. I, I might be a little off, but uh, we ended up uh, we ended up roughing things up a little bit and uh, and won in OT. Well, that's the game. Didn't Riku Helenius get into a fight in that game? I think is that the one. And and uh, yeah. Dustin Tokarski comes in, and you guys rally back and win it. Yeah. Well, first of all, Dustin Tokarski got his uh, car hijacked <laughs> in the morning. So he was our goalie, and Coop's uh, waiting for him at the police station uh, to get back to you know Big Empton. So we play. We start the game. Riku's in net. Uh, things are not going our way. Uh, I remember a great speech by uh, by John back then, in between periods, and uh, he didn't say anything about you know fighting. But uh, um, Riku went out, went and uh, and fought uh, Robin Leonard. Yeah, that's right. Which is a monster. <laughs> uh, Jared Nightingale was in there and fighting a couple of guys. I fought like Baraki or something. So um, that just you know, and and somehow you know we started scoring goals obviously it was their backup I'm not not sure who it was but uh, uh it was definitely something uh, a night to remember and if you have a chance like i me and uh, brian garlic who was there back then he's the video coach in tampa we watched the replay just recently when i was in tampa <laughs> just had a, a good laugh about it that's yeah, that's tremendous and, and you mentioned john cooper of course still with the lightning now he got called up that year is when he got promoted what kind of coach was he you had him in norfolk as well uh, then and and now and uh how have you seen him grow as a coach and and you know what what made him so successful at the ahl level which has obviously led to his success at the nhl level 
Um, Why? Well, I think he had nothing to do with it. It was all the leadership group. I'm just <laughs> I'll make sure to send this directly to John. <laughs> yeah, but we'll say it too. Like we had, a, we had a strong uh, like teams was running itself by the end of it when we had that run. But uh, now Coop, uh, Coop is a great communicator. Um, you know, he's got a great feel for the for for hockey. Yeah, whether it's you know like as a coach on the ice on during games or at any situation too, he'll. Uh, He's big on you know team building, which is great. We had like party communities for committees for uh, Halloween, for Christmas, things like that. Um, he's always looking, you know, like to to change the pace. Sometimes, you know, like it wasn't, it was never uh, like the same thing. Um, so he's, uh, yeah, I know he he feels his, his, his he follows his, his feelings. And now, you know, I know in the NHL he's surrendered by a. a a crew that he, you know, he picked and he knows, you know, like he's he's in the middle of it, and, and it's it's really uh, really interesting and uh, inspiring to to watch him work. That's for sure. Yeah, and and one of the guys who he was an assistant here in Syracuse and is now an assistant with Tampa Bay is, is Rob Zettler, who became the head coach after John Cooper got uh, promoted. Uh, he he took over the rest of that year that that first year he had talked about went to the finals and was your head coach for the next couple of years as well. What was Rob Zettler like, and and how nice is it to have him? back in the organization as well uh for me rob as a coach he helped me so much like on like details of the game uh, even though at, back then when it was my second time around you know i i played a long time in hamilton and montreal and i went to europe and i came back uh and played with the lightning organization so i was pretty uh, i wasn't young but uh, i picked up a lot of things from him like uh, as a defenseman he's obviously is a his speciality is his defense, and um, and he was good. And like too, and he's, you know, he, he tried. We had something going, and obviously he. I don't know if, like maybe he would have put a different stamp on it if you would have started from scratch. But he, we tried to keep it rolling as much as uh, as we could, and uh, it was uh, he was a, he was a good coach too. I, I I would go through a wall for him for sure. JP Cote, our guest here on Crunch Chronicles, as we get caught up on his time spent in Syracuse as a player back at the start of the Lightning affiliation. So you come back the next year, of course. Uh, team got off to a great start. A lot of injuries in Syracuse. A lot of injuries in Tampa Bay. That was the year Nikita Kucherov came in. It was just dynamite for the first month of the year before uh, going up to Tampa Bay. What do you remember from that, uh, the, your second season uh, in Syracuse uh, and, and what happened the rest of that year? Um, I don't think we made the playoffs that year. We, uh, and we, like, to be honest, we should, probably should have made the playoff. But as we got caught maybe into a bit of a hangover from, you know, being so high the last two years and having a, a change of, uh, obviously, a lot of personal change, um, we started the year, I think we went, or it was the was it the year after we went to uh, Lyon. It was probably uh, the year yeah, after. Yeah, it was the year which, after, which was great. Yeah, but, um, yeah. So we, we you know we tried to try to keep things together, but obviously uh, we had we had new guys coming. Uh, Blunden, Mormina, I think maybe was there, um, and you know it, it took actually you know this year that year to adjust a little bit, and I I believe the year after we had a, a better run. Added so, and, and but that's that's what hockey is, you know. Like you'd like to say that it's you know a consistent sport, but there's always uh, high and lows, and that's ma that's what makes you appreciate the uh, the highs uh, most of all as as fans. You know, I'm sure you know it, it's great. 
I mean, it's great to have fans when everything goes well, but it's great as much as, you know, like it, it might be hard for some people. It's great to have fans when uh, when things are, aren't going so well. Yeah, well, you mentioned the Syracuse fans, and they're so knowledgeable. They're so on top of it. They're so passionate, of course. It's been a big reason why the Crunch are in their 28th season. Now, what you know, what was your experience like with the Crunch fans, uh, whether it was at the games, away from the rink a little bit? I'm sure, uh, you know, you're out in the community so frequently. What was your experience like with them? Well, I love uh, any, you know, any event that, you know, the team would put together, whether it's at the casino, whether it's, uh, you know, like the Christmas party. And uh, I don't know if, I don't, well, obviously they can't do it anymore, but I was always the, the first one. Probably not the first one. Nielsen would, would be the first one. <laughs> but we had those bar appearances, right? So this was just a fun, you know, night to uh, to get along and, ju- and just uh, see them on the, on the different level, right? Because you were, you know, you were just there to do your job, but you're, chit-chatting with them as well so uh so i never had a never had a bad experience with uh with with any of them this uh, this is definitely a, a great a great fan base you mentioned Eric Nielsen, so let's let's. Uh, I got to ask about him then because uh, he's someone who we're uh, planning to get on here in the very near future on Crunch Chronicles. <laughs> a very unique individual. <laughs> you only two, epi- only two episodes at least. Uh, what was he like then? And I don't. Not much has changed. He was back in a couple years ago and was still a ball of energy. But you know, what was he like to have around that group for a couple years and and just the presence he brought, whether it was on the ice or or off the ice as well. Um. Well, he was a like Coop. Like I, Coop was using him pretty well too. Like he was a stress release a little bit for uh, like anything that you know he it'd be, it'd be serious when it needed to be serious. But he was uh, he was definitely uh, you know like, uh, like you said like a ball of joy. Like just uh, spreading any like spreading his positivity around, and uh, and he was always the first one to organize uh, anything outside the rink, whether it's, you know, like Super Bowl or we had, uh, remember that year, was it the third year, we had like an orange crush party or something like that, like just everybody dressed in orange. I don't, I don't remember if it must have been like a basketball game or yeah. something like that. So uh, you would find those, those, those types of things to, to do even in the playoffs. Uh, he'd dress up as, you know, like a wrestler and just start, you know, doing the lineup and things like that just to, you know, get us going for the game. So he was all about the boys and, um, you know, you got you got to appreciate it. You got to appreciate guys like that. Uh, I wish, you know, like I, I, I learned a lot from him. Like I uh, like I learned from, you know, a lot of people uh that uh, that were in Syracuse. But uh, but he's definitely uh, if you talk to anybody, they'll, you know, they, are, they got an Eric Nielsen story. Oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, he's just so great. One of a kind, really, and uh, such a joy to have in Syracuse. Uh, you it, can ask him about, because uh, he was, obviously, we had our five years anniversary in whenever it was, and he didn't make it, so uh, I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> he was supposed to. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. I'll, I'll be sure to bring it up. Right. <laughs> uh, quick hitters here. You know, what, when you were, uh, whether it was with the Crunch or not, what, what were some of the places that you, you know, you enjoyed playing uh, in other buildings? You know, where did you like to go? Where did you not like to go just with the atmosphere? The, you know, maybe the crowds were tough. Where did you like to play around the league? Um, well, I, you know, I played in Wilkesbury and Hamilton, which is not a team anymore, but uh, which is no team there. Um, so I, I absolutely loved going back there, winning, you know. And like by the way, like I before I played for Syracuse, you know, I played like I said those two teams, and Syracuse was in Hamilton's division yeah. for the first four or five years I was there, like 2003 to 2009, and then when I was in Wilkesbury in 2009, I think they switched division. <laughs> into, so I. 
I believe there's no team that I played most than the Syracuse Crunch for sure before you know like I, I didn't have a good opinion on the, <laughs> on this organization before but now it's changed obviously um, but I yeah I, I love going to those cities uh, the Giant Center in Hershey is always uh, always nice and, and at the minor pro level you know it's always now and we don't have it this year but it's nice to uh, get that one trip to Texas or mm -hmm. you know like just yeah. a, just a breath of fresh air sometime from like the the, the cold the cold winter uh, so I enjoyed those trip as well and uh, and the, like the biggest game that I played for the crunch was probably the dome game right which was what is it like 2014 yeah something yep. like that and uh, and this I got great uh, photos of that my wife was pregnant with uh, with with my first son like I said earlier and uh, we got to skate, you know, on the ice for uh, before and before the game and stuff like that. And uh, so that was that was a great memory for sure. Yeah, that's uh, we were we had Yanni Gord on here uh, a couple of weeks ago or a month ago at this point, and we were talking about that game. And and Andre Vasilevsky has pointed out that game as the game that really turned his career around. Not that it was going in the wrong direction, but it was just kind of a turning point for him, uh, just with how his season was going. And then he just took off from there. It was obviously, a, a momentous uh, game for him and and for the Crunch. It's maybe the most iconic game in AHL history, though that game in the Dome. I guess you can say that for sure. I think we won two one against Utica, so yeah. that was uh, no, it was, it was so much fun for sure, and the crowd was unbelievable. And hats off to, I mean, you could feel from the beginning of the year how hard uh, Jim and his team worked for uh, like the right up until that that time. Like I, you know, you see it, but now I can appreciate it even more. Like seeing like a little bit of the behind the scene, what's going on, and everything. So. Um, no, this was uh, like from from top to bottom. That was a great organization. Yeah, it's uh, family in town and everything. So that was great. Yeah, it's uh, what an event. Uh, one I wish I certainly was uh, there for, but just one year off for me, unfortunately. Uh, maybe one of these years we'll get out west. All those teams out in the west coast, but uh, Charlotte is as warm as we get these days uh, for us. Yes, which is good. <laughs> yeah, it's a good spot. JP Cote, we'll we'll let you have one final thought before we let you run. Your phone has been blowing up, so we'll let you get back to that as well. Uh, just you know the closing thoughts on on your time as a player in Syracuse um well obviously there's you know like when I think of my my playing time I really wish I brought a championship to the to the city and which you know we were close and uh all I can say is you know every time I meet a prospect uh, in my mind I know what they have to go through I know they they're going through the minors and I uh, I get them ready you know to to be the best athlete they can and and you know, take some pride into playing for, for Syracuse. So that's uh, that's all I can bring so far. You know, <laughs> at this point. But uh, hopefully, you know, like if we if we get a championship, I'll uh, I'll have uh, I don't know, like a a little bit of the credit because uh, not not as much as the fans, but you know, like because I'm I'm still part of the organization. So. You still have a big hand in things in Syracuse. There's no doubt about it. And we're very happy to have you here uh, every time we see you in Syracuse, for sure. J.P. Cote, our guest here on Crunch Chronicles. J.P., thanks again for doing this. Uh, pleasure. I know you were joking earlier that we were you were begging us, but we really we couldn't wait to have you on. Uh, so thanks for doing this. And, uh, well, we'll see you at the game tonight and, and uh, throughout the course of the rest of the year. Go Crunch.
Larry is J.P. Cote, our guest here on episode 24 of Crunch Chronicles. We thank him for giving us some time this week. He is, as you heard during the course of our conversation, a very busy guy bouncing around everywhere. He's in Syracuse a lot, but he's also all over the place dealing with other Lightning prospects who aren't quite in the pipeline yet, not here in the minor leagues in Syracuse or wherever else. Uh, so still in juniors and and just dealing with all of that, managing the, the, the schedule, the travel, all of that stuff. J.P. Cote, very busy guy. We've been trying to get him on the show for quite a while, but uh, every time he's in Syracuse, it's just the schedule's haven't worked out, but thankfully we were in Laval for so long we had a chance to uh, sit down and talk with him uh, this past week for this episode here today. We hope you enjoyed our conversation with JP. I, I certainly did. It's like we said, he's always such a great guy to chat with, uh, brought a lot of insight as always, uh, whether it was, you know, his couple of games on the bench with the Tampa Bay Lightning this year, the unexpected uh, uh, stint with the Lightning during the Lightning's COVID issues, I guess, when a couple of their coaches, John Cooper, Rob Zettler, were in COVID protocol, JP Cote serving as a coach for a couple of games there, whether it was his time as a player with the Crunch, uh, his relationship with Rob Zettler, Whatever it might be, J.P. Cote, it was just great to hear from and and very honest about uh, everything about his time in the Crunch. You can tell how much the organization means to him, whether it's the Crunch or whether it's, from a larger perspective, the Tampa Bay Lightning. But you can also get a sense of how much the city of Syracuse means to J.P. Cote. He played three seasons here in Syracuse, but you can tell the city has a very significant place in his heart as he, uh, you know, is the birth of a child there and and just spending a lot of time in Syracuse. So uh, he is, he said it before, he loves coming back to Syracuse and it, it is a, a great place for him and we love seeing him anytime he's in town, whether it's for a game or just when he's on the ice at practice with, uh, with players afterwards in terms of his role as the director of player development for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So there it is, episode 24 of Crunch Chronicles in the books with J.P. Cote. If you have a story you'd like to share about J.P. Cote during his time here with the Crunch or wherever else, we'd love to hear it. You can send them my way via Twitter at Lucas Favalli or email lfavalli at syracusecrunch.com. Love those stories about J.P. Cote. We know we touched so many people in the community. I'm sure there is a lot of stories out there about his positive impact here in central New York. All right, that'll do it for us this week here on Crunch Chronicles. We hope you join us again next week for another great episode of Crunch Chronicles.